Hello everyone and welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking all about Arsenal's 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. So wow, what a game, or at least what a 12 minutes it really was. Um, So let's start with a recap as normal. So in front of 38,829 fans, Arsenal actually had the first chance of the game, which was really important to see, especially after we were a little bit flat against Liverpool at the Emirates, and I think we were a little concerned to see how that would go in terms of um, like interactions with the fans and the ticket sales after that game. Obviously, Arsenal have a very loyal fan base, but it's important to really gauge how these things happen when you're playing so many games at the Emirates as opposed to Meadow Park. So that was great to see that we were like really off on the front foot. However, of course, I've said it before, I honestly think that Aston Villa signing Daphne van Domseler is honestly like not just Aston Villa's signing of the season, but maybe the signing of the season, especially considering she was on a free. I honestly am a little bit good that we didn't sign her, but um, like it would not that we were ever, to clarify, we were never linked to her is what I'm saying. I think that's a shame. But nonetheless, we did have the first chance, although obviously from the start, we knew it was going to be tough to get a goal past her. Then in the 25th minute, Maz Pacheco, who doesn't really score that often because it's not her role on the pitch, scores and she did silence the crowd, I'll be honest, it it was a flat no. I was very close to where the Aston Villa fans were and they were quite loud. Although soon after, Manu Zinsberger caught a header from Rachel Daly. So Manu had a pretty decent game. Um, Obviously, there's still a lot of conversations surrounding our keepers, both men and women's teams. Um, So throughout the first 45 minutes, it got a little bit cagey. I think both sides very fairly had quite even chances. There was a lot going on for both teams. But honestly, it was kind of getting a little bit like, uh uh-oh, is this going to be one of those days where... You know, I think Arsenal have a lot of chances. We play lovely football, but that just final finish, getting the ball in the net doesn't seem to happen. And I was starting to think that seeing Gunnosaurus was going to be the highlight of my afternoon. However, we kept on fighting. And I think to me, that's always the most important thing, keeping your head up and continuing to fight for your team. So Arsenal made their first change in the 63rd minute, bringing on Victoria Pulover and Chloe Lacasse. Chloe Lacasse obviously scored the moment, the game-saving goal against Manchester United, which got us our draw. Um, and I all think Victoria Pulover once again brought on a lot of energy onto the pitch. And I do think she's pushing to start as opposed to Frida Monham. Um, I think that's a really interesting discussion kind of going on right now. Throughout the game, in the second half specifically, I think Russo, McCabe and Ford had some really good chances, but as always, Kim Little was a really classy player, very much kept the structure of Arsenal throughout the game. Then, with just under 15 minutes remaining, Leah Volti made way for Stina Blackstenius, leaving us with a pretty furious and large front line and just attacking vibes to be honest and I will say attacking vibes and that can be my football analysis thank you very much because that meant that coming for Daphne van Domsler in goal was not just Lassie Russo not just Stina Blackstenius not just Katie McCabe not just Chloe Lucas but then we obviously brought on Beth Mead as well (laughs) so in the 87th minute there's this huge excitement the crowd is going wild there's chance of Mido Mido 
which was just so good to be able to sing again. Um, initially, there was some confusion. Poor Caitlin Ford sprinted all the way to the sideline, only to be told that there was an issue with the board, and actually, Beth Mead was coming on for Noel Maritz, as if she hadn't already run enough, bless her. But anyway, there was also a few cheers, actually, earlier on, just when Beth was doing her general warm-ups with all of the players on the side. So the excitement had definitely been building for the whole game. Now, when the 12 minutes was added, I do think this was obviously a lot more beneficial to Arsenal, not just because we were the ones who were chasing the goal, but the just like where the momentum of the game was. So, Palova makes a brilliant challenge, which I do not think was a foul. I don't... I'm happy to argue with people. I don't think it was a foul. Um, and this allowed Katie McCabe through to goal, and the Emirates just went absolutely wild. But instantly, the players weren't ready to celebrate. They got the ball out of the net, and they were ready to go again, which I think was really important to the speed in which the second goal came. Blackstenius was actually had a really good chance, but it was Russo that secured the winner. This is, of course, her first WSL goal for Arsenal. She had already scored for Arsenal in the Champions League in Sweden. But I think this was really important to really get her off the mark. Just take away any pressure to be chasing that first goal kind of situation, which we see across football just sometimes really does grow into an issue. And then finally, in literally the closing moments of the game, Lotta Vuba Moy our childhood gooner saves the day because she made a clearance from Rachel Daly which absolutely was massive but I will be talking more about Lotta because to me she was one of the biggest players of the match for sure so more on her later okay so first thing I want to talk about is Beth Mead she deserves to be spoken about first so for me just the absolute love that I have for football is the stories the community that it produces and really what better story than it's almost poetic that Beth Mead 330 days ago gets taken off with this heartbreaking ACL injury in a really horrible period of her life bless her and in that game obviously we lost to Manchester United because Alessio Russo scored that very late minute winner and then 11 months later, assisted by Beth Mead on her return from her injury, just who came through it with a smile as well. Alessia Russo scores the winning goal in the final minutes for Arsenal, assisted by Beth Mead. I mean, come on now. That's what football is all about. Very, very special to witness. Now, the next thing is Carla Ward interestingly said that she was unhappy with the 12 minutes and didn't know where the 12 minutes came from now the first thing I would say here is I do think it is a problem the amount of minutes that players are playing both in the men and women's game because now essentially every single game of football is minimum 100 minutes long and that that's a lot of football to be playing in already a pretty poorly executed and planned calendar of football um, and I definitely agree that it's something that needs to be considered because in all fairness, yes, players, teams, management were all told that time would be added on and it's a way to try and stop and or reduce time wasting. However, I'm not sure if this is the way to go. There's And obviously there was the issues last week. Alex Greenwood, she took, was it 26, 29, something like that, seconds 
to make her move and then she got the card and then we all know how that went down for Man City against Chelsea. So definitely like things to look at there but this 12 minutes to me didn't really strike me as that odd because there was quite a few injuries. There was some there was a head injury specifically as well. And also Aston Villa and fair enough, you know, they were winning. That I'm not saying Arsenal wouldn't do the same. They absolutely would. You know, they were time wasting because they wanted to keep that lead and they knew that the momentum was not going in their favour. So that was a little odd to me. And also the R2 goals came in the first four or five minutes of the extra time meaning that there was a lot more extra time in which anything else could have happened because realistically when you think about it in the past if you'd have said oh there's four or five maybe up to like six seven minutes added time no one would think anything of it it's just because 12 does admittedly sound like a big number um so I definitely agree there's discussions to be had about that and there's a nuance but I did think that was kind of an interesting issue to perceive. Now, throughout the game, actually, it felt like Arsenal were in control a lot. It was just that final finish once again, which, sadly, Gunas, I do feel like this is going to be a problem for the rest of the season. I think it's just something we're going to have to get used to because possession-wise, Arsenal had 66% and Aston Villa had 34%. And kind of linking to this is that Arsenal had 50 crosses and only 12 of them were accurate, and in the end, the two goals from us actually came from us simply attacking through the middle, because we utilised when Villa were out of shape, especially in the first goal, so that is, I think it's going to be very frustrating in that regard, clearly this is the way we're playing. Now, I'm not saying that this is directly the plan, but if anyone follows the Arsenal men's team as well, they'll know that a few seasons ago, under Mikel Arteta, this happened to Arsenal, lots of crosses, and it was a real slog. But from that, you do ultimately produce over time, like stunning attacking football, and it's like a method. However, I am very much hoping that the women's team get to grips with it a lot quicker than the men's teams did. Um, obviously, it's going to be really interesting to see how the tactics progress over this season, especially if the wins become harder to get considering that Jonas himself has said that this is going to be the most competitive season of the WSL ever but let's get player focused again let's look at some stats from our snake hips Leah Volti so she had a 92% pass accuracy 88 touches six recoveries made nine out of 11 duels won and a three out of three aerial duels won. So some pretty impressive stats, to be honest. And I do think that she plays in, certainly the way she plays as well. Sometimes her brilliance does go a bit miss, which I think is a huge shame. But I think she played great for us. Now, some more on Beth Mead, because I think, you know, we've talked about the story behind it. But looking at how she actually played in itself, I think it was really, really brave of Beth to take the ball away this is when she assisted Russo specifically she she took the ball away from the defenders and it was her right leg so her leg that she did her ACL on that she left essentially dangling in there to get the ball from the Aston Villa defenders and then she was able to pull that back to Russo who then went on to score and that's just the strength of her mind her mental stability to do that because a lot of players naturally and it's not criticism 
you would probably hesitate and maybe not intentionally but there might be some hesitation to do that especially in your first game back and then that would obviously then mean that the ball would be cleared but Beth showed absolutely no hesitation pure bravery pure courage and went straight in and I thought her quote was she made a lot of statements obviously after the game everyone always wants to interview Beth bless her but to me this one really stood out so she said it's been obviously a long tough injury but the fans here today were incredible I got a bit emotional running on the pitch but amazing to be back that's what I'm here to do help the team as best I can I'm looking forward to the rest of the season so absolutely I think that lack of hesitation the bravery completely reflects in the quotes that came out of her interviews from the weekend and also thought it was very interesting that she said that she was ready to play for England obviously we now know that after the squad's been released that she hasn't been called up which I don't think anyone was actually really expecting but interesting nonetheless however Viv Miedemar has been called up for the Netherlands obviously she is slightly behind Beth Mead's recovery just purely because her injury happened after it um now I think people need to calm down she is absolutely not going to be playing for the Netherlands and she's definitely not going to play for the Netherlands before she's had some club football and I think she's been called up in the same way that Beth went to Sweden with Arsenal even though there was absolutely no chance that she was going to be playing and it's because it's an important step in the recovery and it also makes a lot more sense for her to be in the elite environment with different sets of players and different kind of circumstances of football as opposed to obviously you think about how few players are going to be left at London Colony Arsenal's training ground this makes a perfect next step in her recovery back to football. And while the Dutch manager hasn't explicitly said that she won't be playing at all, he has already said way prior to this call-up that he wanted Viv to join in with the training, join up with the Dutch team and be part of the environment again because obviously, as we all know, she is a core member of that group and I think Juncker is simply bringing her to the next level. But now let's talk about our girl Lotta prime minister lotta so i said ahead of the game that i think arsenal's player to watch was going to be katie mccabe and obviously it was she scored the goal 100% valid and then for aston villa it would be rachel daly but what i think that means because rachel daly with all due respect wasn't a standout player from the game whatsoever that's because lotta was the one keeping her quiet all game long and that in itself is a huge compliment. We obviously know that Rachel Daly got the golden boot last season, a very, very accomplished player in front of goal. So Lotta had the most passes of anyone on the pitch and also had the most progressive passes of anyone on the pitch. She made eight ball recoveries, four clearances and three aerial duels were won. Now, as I said in kind of the match recap Lotta made a last minute clearance at the end of the game and I thought it was really funny so on Tuesday the 17th so this week if anyone's listening when this is posted she had an event which was you could get tickets for only lots of gunas were there it looked amazing and it was an event by Baller FC and Gillette Venus 
and she basically said that she did celebrate it like she scored a goal because it was such an important moment but she really made me laugh because she said that at the end of the game Katie McCabe said oh I could have kissed you like when you did that clearance blah blah and Lotta was like yeah you should have for anyone that didn't make it to the event I know that there are lots and lots of clips all over social media especially Twitter or I suppose we should call it X now so if you did want to have to look I would head over there but for me, I think it was really important for Lotta to have such a successful game. I personally think she does play very well in that she's overlooked a lot of the time. But obviously, there's been a few criticisms of her lately. But to be honest, I think there's a lot more factors in terms of our defence than simply just one person missing certain aspects of the game and certain moments. But for me, I think Lotta's been playing really, really well for Arsenal. And this game solidifies it and she's of course now been called up to the England team once again and of course so has Alessi Russo so it'd be good to see them two together. But for now let's look ahead so our next game in the WSL is against Bristol at the weekend we're away tickets have already sold out they sold out so quickly for the away end Arsenal fans are just being absolutely immense lately so unfortunately seventh is not a great position to be in um, however very clearly we're not going to be staying in seventh I do feel like there's still a lot of movement to be had in this table although interestingly Manchester City are first top of the table Um, they obviously had a very successful game against Bristol and I'll be hoping that we can do the same really get some goal difference going for that and rather nicely we're going to be wearing our third kit which I'm a big fan of so that is the green and blue kit Um, and also if Caitlin Ford makes an appearance which I think we can all agree she probably will. It will be her 100th appearance, making her the 10th player in the current squad to achieve this milestone. So for now, I'll say bye and thank you so much for listening.